Welcome to another episode of This Week in Metropolis. I'm Matt. And I've just got back from Sweden. Puss, puss. Um, this week, we're joined by Shane and Phil. We were two members of the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club. And you guessed it, they do a comic book club. Every Wednesday, they get people on their live show on YouTube to come and join them and go over the weekly pick of their comics. Um, we speak to them about their favourite, least favourite comics and loads more comic stuff, really. If you like comics, you're going to love this episode. Now, where can they find it, Matt? Well, if you don't like comic books, you might as well just like stop here because we do talk mm. a lot about it. However, if you do like comic books, you can find uh, this episode on every single podcasting platform you can ever imagine and some that they haven't even invented yet. YouTube and um instagram and facebook and twitter and anywhere else you like um everywhere everywhere enjoy ladies and gentlemen it is my pleasure to welcome you to this week in metropolis welcome to another episode of this week in metropolis uh we are so pleased to be joined this evening by Shane and Phil, um, two members of the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club. Guys, how you doing? All good. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having us. No, we really appreciate you taking the time uh, out to join us. Um, we've followed your show for quite some time now. Um, and as Shane is clearly showing, if you're watching this episode, um, you can see the four members uh, of the herd in his background. Um, but for those that don't know about the nerd herd, can you, either of you, or both of you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves? Me? I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club is a weekly comic book club hosted by four geeked up nerds who just want to talk comic books. We just want to talk about the same comic book. Um, so we take turns picking a book and we discuss that. We have a week to read it. So we try to keep it limited to, I think 14 is the most we've done, isn't it, Phil? That's, that, that's the maximum, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the maximum. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, so we keep it reasonable for the week and we get people to read along in the chat and they share their views and we just talk about the book, what we liked, what we didn't. We found some really good books. I mean, I wouldn't have picked up half the books we've read. But I absolutely love them. And we found some that were um, garbage. Fun to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the honesty there, Phil. Um, Who so, recommends them then? Where, yeah. where does the you know the, the book of the week come from as such? We just we, rotate on a, on, a, on a schedule. So um, I think the, the one come up this week coming uh, is Scott. But then we just rotate after that. And um, yeah, then every fourth week or every fifth week, It'll be the, the fewer's pick. And just to kind of add to what Shane was talking about, like, the four of us aren't the herd. We're just the people on the show. The nerd herd is the people in the chat and people who listen and read along. And that's what we love about it, the fact that it's not just mm. us four discussing the book and picking the Yes, we're picking the books, but everyone who's in the chat, they read along. And I think that's marvellous. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. Who, who was responsible for the garbage then? <laughs> <laughs> who, who can we blame for that one? 
Tom yeah. and Scott. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Tom was one of the fierce picks, and he picked a, a book called Witchblade, but it was like the most recent volume of Witchblade, which I would never recommend my worst of enemies to ever read that book because it was dreadful. Yeah. And and Scott has picked a few stinkers too. But Shane, I think, you know, you not have one down the bottom of the list as well somewhere? Yeah. Probably down the bottom somewhere, but not at the bottom. So fingers crossed, I don't get that final spot. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you two were going to unite and just big up both of the selections that you two have made and, and Boris, can, yeah. can everyone else. <laughs> I, I do think she and I do pick the best books. Maybe mine slightly better, but she <laughs> probably do pick the best. Well, yours is at number two on the leaderboard with Harleen. Wow. So. What I will say is, like, like, when it comes to picking the books, and Shane's mentioned they wouldn't read some of the books we've picked on his own fruition type thing. So I would have never read a Wonder Woman book, but Shane, being a big Wonder Woman fan, he's picked two or three books now, and I've loved every single one of them. So that kind of just goes to show you that we're getting a wide range of stuff we all like yeah. individually, and we're all coming together, and we all pretty much enjoy it, if it's good, obviously. But yeah, yeah Wonder Woman books I would never read before until, until Shane picked them. One to topics of not necessarily on comic books, but and one reoccurring theme that throughout this series, particularly in some of the guests we've spoken to, mainly about gaming, is that, that some people have a preconception with things like comic books or things like games that um, it's not for them. You know, there's, oh, I'd never read one of those or, or whatever it may be. Have there been instances with your sort of um, listeners as such when they've said that I would prior to listening to you I'd never have picked up a comic book or you know never discovered these particular things um, well I think there's a comic book for everybody yeah. even if you're not a lover of comics you just don't know it yet but I can't think of a particular instance where someone's listened to us and developed a love for comics but I think people have mentioned before with the weekly show with the interaction and stuff that people who may have been in comics before have got back into it and we've maybe played a part in that. So they're getting back into collecting comics because they've, they've found us through YouTube or through the podcast network and uh, they've enjoyed that. So that's that's always good. And similar to, like, say, with other people who would never pick a Wonder Woman book or a Batman book or whatever, they, they're jumping on the new stuff they wouldn't would have done, would have done before. Yeah. They like gonna... to read along and join us every yeah. week. It's not just the watching us talk about it or hearing us talk about it. They get to have their say. We make sure... We stop every few minutes, don't we? And we go through the chat to make sure everyone's included, their thoughts, their opinions. It's it's nice. It's nice to see. If someone hates a book, that's fantastic because it's just you get to have a conversation that way. Mm. It's not just the soundboard. We don't... I think we've agreed on one book. I think we all yeah. scored it an eight. But yeah. every week, we all have different things that we like and dislike about a book. It's, it's such a good chat. Do, do you think there's an element of... Um... Uh, I certainly, when I was grow growing up, had a, a, not a collection, but I had a fair few comic books and then kind of phased out of them as I got older. And, and like you say, I think people are coming more round to them again now. But they're also realising that a lot of them ones that they probably had, a bit like pre-show with Matt showing us um, Killing Joke, some of these are collectibles now. Like, you know, there's a lot of value in them. I mean, we spoke to Otis Dealey many moons ago now, and he was another one who used to have comic books when he was younger and then went out of it and then as all of a sudden got back into it and again and he said like he's got but still has his collection doesn't yeah. he from from in boxes yeah and he said like you know there's there's got to be worth some money in them now as well that, i think from think... his point of view he was sort of 
sorry, sorry to interrupt. He yeah, um, wasn't having them from a collector's point of view. Mm. He was having them from the memories of. I remember buying that one from that that shop and so on, and what it meant to him at that time, rather than financial as such. Yeah, well, financially, the comic book market has gone a bit crazy with obviously all the the influx of superhero movies from Marvel yeah. and DC, and it's not even just that. Now, like, I actually think it's quite toxic in the kind of comic book community, like the collectors' market. Like, they're all wanting to jump on the next big book. They all want to buy it and buy it up and and like dozens just that they should have this book and the hope that this book in 10 years from now is going to be worth a hundred thousand quid or something mm. and i think that's wrong to be honest i don't i don't like that yeah. it's nice if you had a book that's worth that sure but to go out kind of fishing for all these books i don't like that but people are at the minute going a bit a bit mad for the next big book and that makes me drop out of comic collecting because if, yeah. I, if yeah. I if i collect a series that means i want the entire run so if I go to the shop and that issue's not in stock because it's the first appearance of someone, so everyone's bought it because they think it's going to be great, I don't want a second print in my collection because I'm one of those completionists. Yeah. So I will then just drop the series and I'll just yeah. stop. There's no point. Do the comic book um, publishers cater to the fans more or to the collectors? And I say that from a, you know, from going back when I was... I, I used to collect sort of Star Wars things and, and so on and still have like a loft full of them. Um, there was always certain ones that you knew were exclusive to a particular place intentionally or that were for a particular like Comic Con or, or whatever. And it was all always lined up that you need this one because there's so few of those uh, as such and it, it gave that desirability. Do comic book publishers and so on fall foul of those sort of tactics? I have found they, they're doing that a lot more recently. Yeah. Um, for instance, the first appearance of, is it Miracle Molly? Oh, for Batman. I think, yeah. I think they bigged that issue up so much that that just sold out. Like, you couldn't even pre-order it. It was just completely gone. And it's just an issue. It's, you know, she's a brand mm. new character. No one even knows anything about her at that point. But they know that fans want first appearances and they want key comics. And it's not even real collectors. It's just people that, that they don't read Batman. Chances as such. Exactly. Yeah. And, and to add to that as well, like what you'd said about exclusive uh, comics, they may not do the, the comic exclusive, but they do variants. So like mm. that makes that Miracle Molly book. It was Batman 108, was it, Shane? Is that right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so you'd have the Batman 108 cover A, cover B, but then you'd have like a million other covers and some are exclusive to stores, mainly in the US. There's not very many UK exclusive stores. You may get Forbidden Planet and one or two others, but they're all very exclusive to the stores in the US. And again, they're demanding or they're kind of uh, asking for high money for it, maybe 30 or 40 pounds for a book, which to be honest, like some of the covers, they do look like works of art. Like, they look fantastic. Mm -hmm. But you're still essentially dropping forty pound on a yeah. book that costs three or four pound normally. It's just it's, mm -hmm. it's a bit odd, mm -hmm. but people do it and they do cater for for the collector as well. And in terms of the, the reader as well, like would mention and she mentioned the second print, you get second print, third print, fourth print. The publisher don't care what print you have in your collection; they just want the print bought. So yeah. um, they are catering for the reader in that respect, but it's kind of leans more towards the collector at times. Yeah. It's, it's funny because we, again, with a previous guest that we had, he set up his own comic book um, publishing website. Um, 
and it was more to cater for indie um, writers and artists and things like that to try and get their work out there. And it, it was kind of, you know, we've both used the site and gone and downloaded it. We had another guest who wrote his own comic, not the one I showed you earlier. Um, but we had him on and we could go onto this site and download the comic for free, um, which is an incredible thing to do to try and help up and coming indie um, writers. But with their sort of its less known comics is the, the publisher. Their, their ethos is you can download it for free so everyone can get it, but you can still buy the print. So, yeah. you know, and but they'll only sell it through um, uh, sort of local comic book stores rather than mm. big sort of chains like uh, and like Amazon particularly yeah. they, they dislike, for example. Mm. Um, so there is more of a bringing it back to the sort of people uh, aspect to it. Mm. What do you think about kind of comic book stores in the UK? Because I've only been, I've got a friend of mine who's really big into comics and we've been into London to a, a particular comic book store. I think we've been there three or four times, but is it as big over here, the comic book store? I mean, not being an, an avid collector, is it as big over here in the UK than it is in the States? Because I think the States have a bit of a reputation for, uh, and again, from, from more conversations. More of a culture. Yeah, more of a yeah. culture, yeah. It's more risky, I suppose, for... I, I don't know how I run a business in the UK, but it'd be more risky for UK stores, really, because they could probably collapse a lot easier mm. than the US stores yeah. can. Um, again, cost, because they're all US comics, like Batman, Spider-Man, they're US comics, so they're imported in from the US. So I'm sure there's more cost for them, too. Um, it's still a big thing, but it's definitely one of those things that it is a lot more of a niche here than it is in the US. So I think there's more risk for the stores here than in the US stores. But like even the where I live, so I, I in the whole of island of Ireland, north and south of Ireland, there's like five comic book shops. That's not a lot. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Shane? Do you do you frequent many uh comic I have books? my own one that I go to, like that's my main one. I followed them. They're just such nice people. I followed them from central London all the way to Croydon. Um, yeah. Fantastic. A place in space. I love them. Everyone there is so nice. And I mean, I've got a comic shop five minutes down the road. I, I won't go to it. I don't, I don't like the guy that owns it. The shop feels like a prison. It's like watches you like a hawk when you're in there. Mm. It's, it's such an uncomfortable experience, but a place in space is fantastic. And one, one of the things that was was told to us was that the when you go into a comic book store it's that kind of um if if you go to it a lot and they are familiar with the things that you like then in that scenario they'll be the people there to say to you shane i, I know you like this i think this is new or this has just come in i think you'll like this because it's you know there's similarities or something like that and that's the difference with kind of i think their point was that amazon won't give you that mm. um whereas there's a more personal touch and a bit Absolutely. of a connection with with the kind of um comic book scene in with the stores oh yeah all my comic shops have been like that before i moved over to a place in space i went to and um, it was um comicana and the guy there alex every week i'd go in there He'd just like find Harlequin books for me and they'd be in my stack. He'd be like, oh, I've just got this in. I've put that in there in case you want it. And it was just like a tree every week. He knew exactly what I wanted. There'd be new Wonder Woman books and Catwoman. And it was, mm. yeah, it's just that personal touch that makes you keep going back. Mm, you don't get that at, at Forbidden Planet. They just Plus, want you in and out. 
I, I tend to think like your relationship as a comic book fan, like your relationship with the store, I think some people misjudge it. Like you're not just a customer of the store. Like you like the store isn't dependent on your money. You're dependent on the store to get you the books, if you know yeah. what I mean. So yeah. if you want a particular book, like Shane's mentioned some books are maybe missing from the from his, uh, his uh, run because someone bought them all up. If you're good with your store, they'll know that you, you're going to want that book and they're going to keep it for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, your relationship with the store is you depend on them more than they depend on you to buy the stuff, I think. Yeah, definitely. So taking it back, let's let's go back a bit. The, the guys that do the podcast that you're in, including yourselves, where did you all come together? Was it one person started it up and then it moved on from there or and then you've kind of met along the way sort of thing or did you all know each other prior to no it was it was dean brought us all together uh dean i mean i don't i i'm not i can't really remember before dean if you know what i mean like anything pre-dean i don't really remember it but i just uh, started on youtube just just think as we say here in ireland just just for the crack just for the fun yeah and then i follow all the uk boys and then Dean was very, uh, what's the word, active and reached out to people and get them all together. And there was a bit of a community kind of building up. And he is responsible for that anyway. And then he had this idea for the show that he wanted to do himself. And he asked me, Scott and Shane. We didn't know each other at all. I think Shane might have done something with Scott prior yeah. to the Nerd Herd, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Like on his channel. But we didn't know each other really. We've never we've never met in person. I know Shane's met Scott. And have you met Dean in person, Shane? Not yet, no. But I haven't met any of them yet. But yes, yeah, so Dean brought us all together, put us together every every Wednesday night and helped kind of create the little kind of place in the internet for us. And uh, yeah, we'll have a look back. It's, it's been fantastic. That's amazing. It's amazing when you when you say that, that, you know, for, for yourself, Phil, where you haven't actually met in person any of the guys that you've done this podcast for however long. Um, it's it's remarkable. I mean, me and Matt, we work together, so we've kind but, of... But saying that, we went for, well, the last year or so, we went for a particularly long period of time not seeing each other in person, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we've, so we've lockdown and everything, yeah. But it's it's just amazing, I think, what podcasts can do. I mean, even meeting you guys today, I mean, that's something we've we've shared with all of our guests, that in normal circumstances, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really cross, cross paths, paths really, no, you know, no. based on, you know, location and things like that. But it's the the following that you get and the community community that you build i think within your podcast and 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 many other i mean you know reaching out to you guys to come on our show and so forth that's how it all happens so no it's it's amazing so um yeah my my wife did ask a question one time because i was said i was with a whatsapp group obviously the three of us and i was chatting scott and shane and dean and stuff and, and it, was, it was one of the ones where you're kind of maybe chatting for like a good hour or something before we go to bed or whatever and my wife goes and I say is it weird to have friends like good friends like that who you've never met and the concept is quite odd yeah. it is it's, whatever you look at it, it is it's like pen pals yeah. like yeah, in the new exactly age type that. thing so it is odd but it's not it's not weird it's just it's, it is as it, is it is and obviously if we all live locally we would have all met up by now but obviously Shane's in London I'm in Belfast Scott's in Wales and Dean's up in Birmingham so it's not like we're you know, close to the yeah, right. and stuff. So, I think Dean did that on purpose so we couldn't meet up every week. He didn't, <laughs> yeah, didn't want to meet us him. every week. He's like, I'll make sure I pick three people yeah. that are quite far away. <laughs> and if he well, goes wrong, you know, it's fine. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe well, that was his logic. That, that makes sense. That's, <laughs> that was it. Well, speaking of Dean, I, I suppose it's the elephant in the room. We we spoke about it off air, but 
this week's show, the latest episode, um, was his last. Um, and I've had quite a few conversations with him over Instagram. Again, never met him in person. Um, but how? Wh- what's the decision there? Is it just that he's had enough of you guys? He's set this yeah. up and now he's saying, fly away? At the end of last night's show, he, he gives his reasons and... Uh, I think we just have to respect that you know we said well from the start we'll only do this as long as we're happy doing it because yeah. we if we're not having fun then there's no point mm. so when it's time you just know it's time mm. and Dean, Dean did say that it wasn't like the R in the show that was his favorite R of the week there's a lot of stuff goes in the background I suppose with like kind of mm. promoting it on Instagram kind of reaching out yeah. networking and stuff that there's a lot of work to it and maybe that aspect was maybe harder and don't think he enjoyed that as much as he enjoyed the R with us um, but yeah we, we, we were obviously the three of us were, were got at the same goal but like as Shane said we're fully respectful and like, if he doesn't want to do it because for, for whatever reason that's perfectly fine a lot of people don't realise that that is yeah. you know some people it's like a full time job we've reached out to people before and they've said um, oh I just deal with I'm the um... social media manager yeah. <laughs> you think wow <laughs> I mean, How does that work? Well, are you getting paid for this? I mean, yeah. I thought you just run a podcast, but yeah, I mean, it is, you know, like you say, it's dealing with all the social stuff, it's um, networking and things like that. And then also putting the show together. I mean, as I said before, Matt takes care of all that for us, and it's, 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 it's a long old slog to, to set it all up. This is that, the thing. That's the, I was just going to say, the whole reason we do seasons of 10 episodes. Is because yeah. by episode 10, we've we've not had enough of it. You know, we're not at the point of splitting up and think this is it. Your but episode nine, by the way. Your episode <laughs> nine, so you're, you're, this is rough now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what, next week's slot? <laughs> next week, God, no, don't care. Um, but we need that break, you know, you just need that time to decompress and think, well, you know, without thinking of editing and James thinking about who's the next guest, what's going on. We just need to unwind, and, that, and that's yeah. you know purely why we did it. If we did it every week, we would probably burn out, wouldn't we? Yeah. Very, very quickly. And that's the thing too. Like we all have our own individual channels, and my channel's probably the least active out of the out of the three of us. I don't really do a lot of stuff on my channel because I don't even like the idea of editing a video. It's, it's a lot of work, and because you're doing it in your own time, it's like as a comic book fan, I want to have time to read the comic books that I'm going to talk about in the videos. And yeah. if you keep editing videos and doing all the social media stuff, you won't have that time. And when you have kids and family and work life, all that, there's real life stuff that gets in the way. Yeah. So, yeah, as I'm saying, I don't, I don't envy the task that Dean had, and I can really appreciate him not enjoying that aspect. And uh, But going forward, the three of us have, uh, we have said we will share the workload, but I don't know how much I will actually do because I'm not <laughs> that good at it. <laughs> Uh, well, and also, uh, from one um, beard lover to another, um, you've got to keep that looking fine. So, um, you know, it's a lot of upkeep, you, isn't it? You bring that's the it. beard to the relationship. You bring the beard, that's it. I'm going off topic here, Phil, but do you do this thing, um, whether this stays in the show, I don't know, but do you do this <laughs> thing where you see someone else with a beard and there's almost like a, a mutual appreciation of beard? Um. I don't know if I like like make eye contact with Burman. I haven't seen real life people really in a long time. But yeah, like if I see a, if I see a guy with a beard, I do look at it and I do think wow. if it's 
I think it's better than mine as it has yeah, you know, yeah, and think yeah. okay he's done this here and how he's trimmed it here and kind of adapt things to my own kind of grooming yeah. uh, you know well, let, let me guy, tell you this Phil that Sorry. guy we saw the other day do you, do you remember him when we no. was in we was in Norwich we was walking to, to have some uh, lunch and this guy had this beard that came down oh, again yeah, for yeah, the viewers yeah. it was down to about here with just like a little it was sort of toggle on it, wasn't it? But it was, it was just. It perfect. was so straight. It, it was like a waterfall of, of you know, the red beard. hair. That was amazing. Absolutely mm. incredible thing. I definitely yeah. get Bossy. beard beard envy because yeah. I mean, you, you'll appreciate James. Like having a beard is hard work. You can't just get out of the shower and have done with it. You know, yeah. go about your day. You have to take care of it, or else it just looks silly. So you have to spend an extra five or ten minutes. I I blow dry it in the morning. Wow. You know, I blow dry, get the wee boar brush out. I do all that, take care of it. Phil, the bombs on the oil. Phil, we, we, we should have a separate show. Um, yeah, just yeah. about beard. beard. I've, uh, before <laughs> before you joined, I was I was saying to Phil, uh, to Shane, I've literally only the other day got back from Sweden because my best mate got married out there. Shout out to Steve, congratulations. Um, <laughs> and um, there was a guy there, and we just just looked at each other and then there was like we clocked beards it was it was like a moment um and then we're both kind of like envying each other's yeah. however in sweden um there was a lot of huge what i can only describe as vikings um which also had big beards and i looked at them hoping to get that look and they just looked at me like puny puny human, pu- yeah, puny human exactly um so don't go Sweden. Um, yeah. Anyway, no, love Sweden. Um, okay, question that was time. Hour. <laughs> that was beard mm. hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back to the comics. Um, <laughs> what has been, and this might have already been discussed on your show, but what has been your favourite comic that you've, not one that you've brought to the table, but one that everyone else, someone else has. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I the, really the, like Lock and Key. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. I've heard a lot about that. Lock and Key is something that so I watched the TV show and that yeah. was Scott's pick. And again, I may have read it at some point down the line of, of my own bat, but Scott, Scott picked it. And it's one of them ones that I didn't know what to expect. People talk highly of a book. And sometimes when people talk too highly of a book, you kind of think, or, do they really love it? Or they just like to say they love it type thing. But Lock and Key was a great book. Um, we have a leaderboard, and the number one book is a book called Canto. And it wasn't picked by any of the four of us, it was picked by the, a viewer. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit, uh, it's a bit odd. We are discussing this last night, how a viewer's pick is number one on our, our leaderboard. <laughs> it should be one of us, but it's not. <laughs> and uh, we all just loved that book. And uh, again, it, it's something, if, you, if, if, if I was to, to describe it to you, I, don't, I wouldn't do it justice. You may think, oh, it sounds okay, but I'm not going to read it. Until you actually read it, you'll re- learn that you love this book. It's fantastic. We even had the um, writer on, didn't we? We on did, yeah. We oh, had the writer on. Fantastic. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Least favourite. Witchblade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was that unanimous. Are you going to get that writer on? Well... <laughs> What were you doing? Oh, <laughs> we, we did go, we went in on that book a bit too hard. Well, not too hard. It was warranted because it was a terrible book, but we, we 
all of us we it was it was more fun to talk about than it was to read because we were just yeah. laughing and just having such a good time because even tom who picked it he was slagging it off because he knew how bad it was it was hilarious we just had such a laugh on that one that was great because even a bad book it, it brings a good conversation mm-hmm. and, and we enjoy yeah. it just as much as a, as a good book um what i will say about witchblade i think we reviewed we reviewed a book called dr strange a few weeks prior that was also really poor and we we did go to town on that book and then afterwards i kind of thought were we maybe too harsh like what happens if like the the writer does happen to listen to us we don't want to be like blacklisted in the comic book world so Mm. we did rein it in slightly but witchblade deserved all the criticism we got I mean, we're not, we don't attack the writers or the artists. This yeah. is nothing against them personally. This is about this book. You know, they might have done great things in another book. Mm. It's not about that. It's about the book we're reading that week. And if it's bad, we're going to say it's bad. There's mm. no point mm. in us pretending a book's good every week. That's the point in the show, isn't it? Yeah. If you're being generic every week, what's the <laughs> point, isn't it? There's going to be analysis to it. To it. Yeah. But the really bad books make the really good books better, you know? Yeah. 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 But do they... Do we then score other books higher because we judge them based on like... Based on that. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the benchmark. It might not actually be that good. It's just because we've read it after reading Witchblade, we're like, yeah, this is definitely a nine. After last week's, this is a nine, but really it's like a six. I'm sure it's the same as movies, isn't it? There is probably someone out there, Witchblade is their number one. And and they absolutely love that. And that's the benchmark they set against the good ones. Mm -hmm. You never know, do, and, do you? Well, you're right, and it's the same with music. You know, I love Fightstar. I'm the I only don't. one. I'm the only one who likes Fightstar. You world. two have probably um, not even heard of Fightstar, so I, you know. I, no. I, I was confused. I mean, I'm a big fan of BTS myself. I love a good Korean boy yeah. band, but yeah, uh... there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, you should you should all check out Fightstar. That's what I'm saying. But anyway, um, well, it's interesting. Matt mentioned films. There is there an element because with any book that's get that gets made into a tv show or a movie a lot of people will tend to slate it because not enough of what was in the book or the comic book or whatever has made it into the film do you are, are you of the same opinion of that do you watch a lot of the marvel stuff that's out and and go i can see what they're yeah. basing it on but it's not enough yeah well some of the picks we've had in recent months have been picked purposely because the, the the WandaVision TV show came out, so we yeah. read the Vision book, mm-hmm. and you can see obviously things that are from the comic that have been placed in the TV show. Um, we are the one last date was the Eternals, so we're obviously yeah. anticipating that for the Eternals movie. Yeah, it doesn't bother me as such if things aren't included, but we like to kind of read it to see that when the movie does come out, the TV show does come out, we can kind of refer back. Well, that was in the book, and this is in the book, whatever. They, they missed this out. They done that really well. Yeah. It, it is the conversation piece, I suppose, really, to talk about it that way. But I'm not overly fussed if they're completely true to the source material. I know some people are, but I'm not. I see a few wee nods and fan service and stuff as well, but I have the film to do its own thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Shane agrees with me there or not. But I think it depends. If you're, if you're doing the film based on a certain story, um, my, my, the biggest one, I'm going to bring it up, is Batman Hush, the animated movie. Mm-hmm. If anyone's seen that, yeah. if you've read the book, like they just completely changed that for no reason. And really? I have no idea why they did that. That annoys me. But if you're just doing, say, a Captain America story, then it doesn't have to be based on his first appearance or a cert- it could be anything, can't it? But if, yeah. you're, if you are bringing out a film with the name 
of a certain book, then you should keep as close to the source material as possible. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's diehard fans that will pick fault with all of these movies and TV series because of, and it's and it is nitpicking. I mean, but at the same time, you know, I think they do try their hardest, even if it's a little Easter egg, a little nod to something like like Phil just mentioned there. It's, I think sometimes that can be enough, just so you know, if you're a fan of the comic book, you know that they've seen that. They might not have been able to go into it and might have taken up too much time to explain all the details, but there's a nod to it. And that's sometimes enough, but... They did that in WandaVision with Sparky, didn't they? When Mm. when the kids got the dog, I thought, Yeah. 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 Um, Even things like, so Loki was the more recent Disney Plus TV show. And so there's a big issue where Frog, like Thor has a frog in the comic books from the 80s or 90s, whatever it is. That's a big thing. And they had one little shot. They were going down through the ground and the earth. And there's a wee jar with the frog in the jar. That's and that's that, that's enough just to go people, yes, mm. there he is. That's that's me. I'm, I'm happy. I love this TV that. show. I, that's me. Great. That little yeah. thing. And it, it goes to show the creators of the TV shows, they're paying attention to that stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. They're, they're, they're reading, they're researching, and they're using what they can. And if they want to put a few, a few little nods in for, for things like that, that's great. But again, like Shane was saying, if it's a particular story, stick to that, yes. But if you're just telling an overall story of the character, there's so much to include. And... Have at it. Pick what you want and leave it where yeah. you want. We've we um, posted earlier today um, that that we were going to be speaking to you guys this evening, um, and we asked if anyone had any questions to get them into us. Um, Steve, who I mentioned earlier, he sent in a question to us, and he wants to know. And who are speak- they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not quite, um, but he did want to know. Um, are there any comics or books that haven't been made into a TV show or a movie that you would love to see made into one? Gosh. Uh, I would, I mean, there's so many fantastic stories that we've, even just going on the ones we've done on The Herd, but I think I would personally, especially with the actors that we've got now, love to see Wonder Woman Hikatea. Mm. Wonder Woman versus Batman in a movie would be quite interesting. Ben Affleck, mm. Gal Gadot. The Ben Affleck one. Yeah, Ben Affleck, Batman yeah. and Gal Gadot, wow. Wonder Woman. He's the best Batman, but that's another argument for another day. It's not an argument, yeah. it's a correct statement. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is huge. This is huge. This is... Yeah. Can we sound like that, Matt, and just have yeah. that as a uh, thing? <laughs> that, that would just be a clip by itself. Yeah. We, we need to delve into this. I was defending Ben Affleck, Daredevil, uh, the, the other night um, in, in a <laughs> different podcast. I'll throw that controversy right out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we yeah we were on another show and it it was um, Super Bracket Bros. So they have. 32 fictional characters and they they pair them up into a, a tournament and we had the netflix daredevil which matt hasn't seen versus have, oh I've no you've seen, seen you've sorry apologies bit, yeah yeah um versus um ivor from or avor from assassin's creed um but matt did do a big old plug for ben affleck daredevil but i'm more intrigued yeah. to know why you think even above um uh, Christian so, Bale. Hey, Christian Bale. Christian Bale is not Batman. Christian Bale is Bruce Wayne. He's not Batman. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. The Chris Nolan movies were obviously fantastic. Mm. I, I loved the movies. There's no doubt. But they were definitely uh, 
toned down in terms of comic booky for the the, mm. the wider audience. Mm. You yeah, know, definitely. they're for everybody. Whereas obviously, like like so, like the Ben Affleck, uh, Superman, or Man of Steel, and the Batman for Superman, it is very much a comic book movie. You know, so a lot of the masses didn't approve of it because maybe they just didn't quite understand it. Plus, as well, that I think Christopher Nolan was almost given free reign to create a trilogy, whereas the more recent stuff, like yeah. Zack Snyder, was obviously halted and a lot of interference from the corporate DC boys. So it's hard to see that he got his movie that he wanted out there. Um, but 100% agree with that, actually. As, as much as I'm not a huge fan of... You're, you're right, it's not necessarily his Batman that I'm not a fan of. I think it's the fact that the level of detail and, you know, building the character up and making him more rounded, probably, wasn't, the time wasn't afforded to him, like you said. And I think it was all, with, with DC, I think they've been playing catch up with Marvel um, for a long time now. But what they've been doing is just throwing it all together very quickly. You know, Justice League, for, for me, was a flop because it came too quickly, where we built with Marvel a lot you know you got an individual film for each character there or thereabouts yeah. um, see I feel it. like DC could have done the reverse of Marvel and rather instead of doing the individual movies first I feel like they should have started with Justice League because yeah. everyone knows them you know yeah. you didn't know the Avengers until really they weren't yeah. as well yeah. known so if they started with Justice League and then gave everyone their individual film they could have just done it backwards and it would have yeah. been absolutely fine Especially because the Justice League, they obviously focus on the Trinity. So Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, That's the, everyone knows that Trinity. Where the Avengers, there's been different teams throughout the years of the Avengers. So it could have been multiple different characters in the Avengers. So they had to build it that way. But I agree with Shane, have the Justice League movie and then branch it out that way. That's how they should have done it. Um, but just kind of one of the questions, like, things I had like, adapted. So another nerd herd pick was Court of Isles. It's Batman, Court of Isles be a fantastic movie but my problem that is kind of going lines what we're saying i wouldn't trust dc to make it <laughs> i just wouldn't trust them they would balls it up you saying that that early i think it's about a week ago there was a, a, i saw it on twitter trending that matt damon um was basically moaning um about the state of hollywood film and what he was one of the things he p- picked out particularly was that um it's almost the because the way people consume films and the way the studios are making films is almost the end of a leading man sort of position. I don't know if you saw sort of the interview or, or sort of bits of it. And that uh, he singled out superhero movies that they sort of, you know, are not generic, but they're, they're easily digested by sort of different cultures and, and you know, diff- different. Um, sort of demographics and so on. So almost it doesn't matter who plays the part. It's more, you know, I think you picked out Iron Man, for example. You know, Robert Downey Jr. is good, but people want to watch Iron Man. So anyone could be Iron Man, which I, I think is, that personally, my take on this whole thing is it's like that, you know, Simpsons, Old Man Shouts at Moon. It's like, you know, this actor who's been around for a long while is moaning because things are changing and mm-hmm. clearly he wants to be a leading man come on it's all about me but you know it's not that much anymore I don't know I, I disagree with him what, what are your thoughts I, particularly I disagree that? with him as well yeah. uh, it's like there's certain movies not even superhero movies but I was talking about this the other day it's nice and it's strange so the movie Grease we've all seen Grease we know what Grease yeah. is right Grease was a great movie 
yeah. grown up, whatever, right? Classic. Because the, the cast, the cast were, were right. It was the right yeah. cast at the right time. Greeks 2 was a terrible movie. Oh, yeah, it's dreadful. Yeah. But yeah. because of the cast, the first one made it. So there yeah. are certain rules for certain people. In terms of the example for uh, Robert Downey Jr., like he, for me, he is Tony Stark. Yeah, I don't. I can't definitely. think of anyone else who could play Tony Stark as he done, and that's it. No. He's my Tony Stark. Even when I read the comic books, and I have Iron Man, I'm almost pictured and listen to his voice. You know, when I read the yeah. books. So, I think you're. I think you're right. I think Matt Damon maybe would like to get a bit of that money from the superhero movies. Well, yeah, that he isn't going to get because he's not going to play a superhero. Right. Very so unfair to say that at the end of like the the man's run as well you know like he mm. did it for like what 11 years yeah and to say yeah. after that oh anyone could have played anyone that could have done that yeah, easy yeah would it have lasted 11 years if it was someone else it's like you can't no. say that now at the end of the run and plus whenever they they launched the iron man movie that was the time when so marvel had sold all the rights to the big characters still they're you know the universal the, the fox whatever they didn't have a lot of characters to play with that, that's the beauty of these these movies so they had iron man he wasn't a huge character and their intention wasn't to launch this big mcu and have these 20 movies later down the line that bring in billions of dollars they just wanted to release this one movie so if it didn't work we wouldn't have any game and infinity war yeah. and all that other yeah. stuff so it's, it's, i'm not saying it's all down to robert downey jr but he certainly plays his part and he, he is mm. Iron Man. Like, yeah, and as well, him. if you think of Robert Downey Jr., you like his um, acting history is checkered to a certain degree, isn't mm. it? Because I mean, he's done some amazing films, but also because of his personal difficulties, let's say, he's he's not always been loved by by Hollywood or or, or so on. Yeah. So I think in a way, he's really proved himself in in the, in the last decade uh, as this big bankable leading man hasn't he this is you the know. thing now and it's interesting you say that because i think the way marvel and disney have went now i don't think looking back they would touch somebody like robert Downey jr today mm. with the history of drugs and, and, and yeah. time and stuff they wouldn't touch him in a million years so they took a, a chance on him then they wouldn't yeah. take the same mm. chance now it's yeah. a very good point yeah i think you're right there well we we did get another question in um so cue the music matt Hi, gents. Thank you for having me on again. Um, your guest this week seems to be into like lots of different types of uh, geekery. Uh, so I was wondering, what is the one sort of franchise universe that they would keep if they if they had to get rid of all the others? So they could only keep one. Um, the uh, you know it could be Lord of the Rings universe, could be uh, Marvel universe any one of those so which one universe if they had to keep and uh just have that one in their lives which one would it be and why mine is pre-new 52 dc universe so that's anything from 89 to 2010 that's my universe that's when that's when comics were good That's my collecting peak. You know, that's yeah. where I got thousands of my issues from. That's where I re-fell in love with Wonder Woman, met Harley Quinn, you know, Cassandra Kane, Linda Danvers. It's just, there's so much there. And I, I I want that universe back. This is why I have a problem with Flash. It's his fault. Flashpoint, I'm never going to forgive him. Never, ever. 
Do, do you think it's like, um, and uh, I'm sort of relating to this my, myself in the sense of, do you think that, that that you mentioned that very specific period and that's mm. something that's fond to you from you know, growing up with it and influencing you? I'm a little bit the same in terms of music, in terms of there's so many bit like artists from the 90s particularly that you know, I grew up with and sort of cut my teeth in terms of learning about um, sort of you know, my love of music and so on. Do you think it's a bit like that? It's sort of, it, is it that it was so good then or is it there's a certain amount of nostalgia attached to it? And I'm not saying that's the case, that's just really just uh, being a bit more philosophical about it. Well, I mean, it could be, but back then I was buying practically every DC book every week. Yeah. I would go to the shop and I'd grab pretty much one of everything on the shelf. I was reading Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Justice League, yep. Teen Titans, everything I was grabbing. And then New 52 happened and I grabbed issue one of everything and it was just so different. Yeah. And we'd already gone through reboots. We had Crisis on Infinite Earths and then we had Infinite Crisis and we had, you know, so it's not because it was a reboot. It's because yep. the reboot changed everything. It didn't yep. just go backwards like the other ones had done. The other reboots just sort of went back a stage for new readers to jump on. And this one said, we don't want old readers anymore. We only want new readers. So goodbye. This is not for you anymore. And that, that felt really insulting for me. And yeah. I was guided. Yeah. That, that's the thing too. It's like, uh, you know, the, the corporate world has dictated, like, we're going we're gonna to create these books, but mm. for this audience. <laughs> so like if Shane had 2010, who's had his had his time quote unquote of comic books they didn't cater for him they cater for yeah. other people and it's similar to music as well i mean I, mm. there's, like a, there's like a classic meme like it's like bohemian rhapsody was written by one person but beyonce's uh song whatever i remember it was they had like 30 different writers mm. it's just catered differently to different people yeah. and i think back in the days of like old comics or, or music like they're creating the music and the books for the love of it as yeah. well just trying to make money someone in their bedroom putting their heart and soul onto that paper yeah. or, or so on yeah whereas now it's just all about making the quick buck and they know if they can sell a book that's going to be catered towards a certain age group that their parents will buy them because they're going to burn if they don't get it they're going to cater and aim for that as opposed to our hard earned cash as mm. you know we're the adults. age group they should be you know we're the ones with the money yeah. <laughs> you know we, we work with the, the grown-ups yeah. we have the money to go out and buy the merchandise to yeah. take our kids to the cinema to see the films to buy the comic books and the action figures and everything so they should yeah. be catering to us yeah it's almost like they've seen us and thought well they're they're closer to the death than the younger ones are right <laughs> so we've got more of an investment than the young people we we'll forget the old ones we'll just go for the young people i mean like I'm sorry, just going off, keeping on topic, but going off comics. Like, they've done it with He-Man. I don't know if anyone's seen Revelation. I've not seen it, but I I've haven't. discussed what's happening. Yeah. I mean, like, that, that should be for me. Like, you, I, that was me yeah. growing up. That Same was like, me growing yeah, up. Yeah, me too. So now loved it. Begging my mum and dad to buy me all the toys back then. Mm. Now mm. I have the money to buy all the toys myself and all the DVDs and anything you want to produce. And instead of saying buy our stuff mm. we don't want you anymore this isn't mm. this is new yeah yeah this is yeah. not for you yeah and that's just not the right he-man was for everyone so to say like this is now this is for everyone he-man was for everyone yeah you know my sister watched he-man with me 
watched I knew loads of girls at school that watched He-Man I watched yeah. She-Ra I knew no, loads yeah. of boys at school that watched She-Ra as well so to yeah. say it was for boys yeah. and girls it wasn't it was for everyone back then and they had a moral message at the end. Mm. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about all of those old you know, that my entire childhood really like you know He-Man and Transformers and things like that is when you now see documentaries about them they were complete corporate sellout things wasn't it it was we've got this toy we really need to sell it to boys let's have this muscly man he'll be really cool just throw together a cartoon no one cares about that we just want to sell the toys but they hit something with it you know it, it hit that spot that just so many people like us identified with See, on a, the, you know, every week or every day it was on. So. The likes of those He-Man toys, and obviously they're big sellers, like, for every He-Man range of toys that succeeded, there was maybe like a dozen didn't succeed of different yeah. stuff, because they just weren't good. Whereas That's He-Man, I, like, He-Man was, like, you know, don't want to offend anybody, it was a bit before my time, I was there, but I was very young, you know. But <laughs> things like Power Rangers, for example, like, I, that's when yeah. I grew up, and uh, the, the Turtles and stuff, like, their toys hit, and the TV shows hit. But there were other TV shows and toys too that just didn't take on. Mm, yeah, it's true. Yeah. But yeah. Like, we actually read a book called Secret Wars, which is our first ever show. Um, that comic, that uh, it's iconic. But they only made that comic to sell toys. And that mm-hmm. was eighty. Is it eighty four? Shane was that nineteen eighty four, eighty six? Yeah, I, I think eighty four. Yeah. So even then they were doing that. We have we have to sell toys. We'll yeah. get in touch with Marvel. Make us a book of action or comic book characters, and we can sell these toys. Not what, yeah. that's what it was all about, but nowadays, like, there's just too much to choose from. You can yeah. do that though, as long as you hire someone who then is willing to write these, you know, 20 minute episodes that's going to recycle animation like No Man's Business. That's fine. As long yeah. as you're going to hire someone that actually cares about telling a coherent yeah. story for 20 minutes and then give a message at the end to just make you just a bit of a better person, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. at the end, Orko would tell you, don't take sweets from strangers. I never yeah. took sweets from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Orko. Yeah. yeah. You know, but you just listen to Orko at the end of an episode or He-Man, Man-at-Arms, Teela, the sorceress. They would all just tell you something, you know, if your friend needs help, go talk to an adult, you know, tell a yeah. teacher, tell a parent. It was just this, it was something. And yeah. they don't have them anymore. No. The message of everything now is... I mean, what is the message now? Like, if you watch any... Not for us, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, there's no message now. The message is just whatever the political message of the writer is for that episode. Mm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's sad. Um, Just to wrap up Mark's question, because I know he'll be nagging me if we don't. Phil, if you've got to pick one particular universe to keep? It is a difficult one, because for number of reasons if I don't say DC Shane will kill me because he's a big DC <laughs> I, I was assuming you were going to choose like Venom Burst or something well <laughs> I'm actually going to if you hadn't mentioned Lord of the Rings I wouldn't I probably wouldn't have thought of it so I'm going to actually, uh, do I want to pick Lord of the Rings I want to pick Middle Earth I'm thinking Middle Earth just, just say Lord of the Rings Mark would absolutely love that yeah uh, Mark, gonna... uh, Matt will hate it uh, but I'm stand Lord of the Rings <laughs> oh, I'm, first, I'm sorry <laughs> the first book I ever remember reading is The Hobbit. Like I was like, oh, okay. I was like primary four, whatever age you are, eight, wow. nine years old. That's the first book I ever remember reading. I absolutely loved it. And 
obviously the movie like the Hobbit movies weren't great but the mm. Lord of the Rings movies were fantastic I'm actually looking to buy the 4k steelbook edition it's like 100 pound I want to buy it but I'm yeah. Marcus is about like, 30 hours each film yeah and I would watch that. every no, single minute <laughs> yeah I've got the extended versions now and I didn't I lend them to you Matt? you did lend them yeah didn't get them back for a while um well, yeah, my, my, my... Them. they're still on in the background well, <laughs> <laughs> that's it it's never ended yeah. and, um, and the thing about the kind of Tolkien or, or Tolkien world is that there's so much other stuff that, that I haven't read that I would love to read but it's just it is quite heavy as well like the Cimmerillion the Infinite Tales and uh, all this kind of stuff but I would like to keep that universe because I think it's quite special James what about yours do you, do you know what I I would agree with what Phil just said. I, I mean, I love, you know, I'm massive on Marvel, but Lord of the Rings, mate, that was mm. epic for me. Epic. How about you? Well, an easy one. You probably know what oh, Star Wars. Star Wars, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I couldn't live without Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. long and prosper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to Star Wars, okay, so I have a running joke with some of the people in the community with Star Wars. Um, I like the movies, like the original ones. Obviously, like everyone did. Yeah. I my issue with Star Wars, and don't don't kick me off the show, is that <laughs> I think they wasted nine movies on the whole Skywalker saga. Mm. I think it let it down. Like, like it looks like a Mandal- like the Mandalorian. Like, there's yeah. so much, or so many oh, other stories phenomenal. you can tell yeah. within the universe. Mm. And um, I just I want to see more of that as opposed to Skywalker every time. Yeah, I guess the, the similar thing is with, with Star Wars. What you're saying about. Um, Iron Man, in the sense, you know, when they made the first Star Wars, it was just George Lucas having this, you know, idea and everyone hated it, and but he made it anyway, and it's all connected, didn't it? But certainly, we've discussed it previously on the on the show with people that certainly, but with a lot of the new films that they've made, like in the last three, it was a missed opportunity, not exploring further, mm. and and sort of. As much as I enjoyed them, and I did, and they're examples of films that a lot of people think aren't particularly good, but I enjoyed, um, just because it's Star Wars, you could have, there's so much more that you could have got out of it, and it's that's why I couldn't lose Star Wars from the, like what you were saying about He-Man, that childhood memory of Star Wars, and the toys, and the the whole thing, Um, but also it is just... And the, the connection to that world, like you mm-hmm. said with Lord of the Rings, that whole connection to that world, and you know, seeing whatever thing it is, whether it's a film or a show or whatever, and rec- like in the Mandalorian, recognizing locations or recognizing, oh, that's you know, a yeah. whatever creature in the background, it's, it's amazing. No, the thing about Star Wars as well, is like, you've got the movies, you've got the comic books, you've got the novels, there's animated TV shows, that is so huge. Mm. And uh, you know, not, not being a Star Wars fan, like, I would like to meet. Uh, you could tell me if you're one of them, Matt. Have you absorbed everything? Like, no, no. You know, that, there's just so much of it. I think as important as it is to me, and it has been sort of growing up. I'm not a die-hard. I must have everything, or like watch everything, or um, sort of read everything about it. It's always been sort of the, the, the bits that have meant a lot to me have meant a lot to me, but I'm not, you know, gonna. Mm fights in the death uh, about any of it <laughs> I don't know I think the problem they had like it's it's, it's really weird because the first three they just like struck gold with like the original mm-hmm. three and I then did. they they took the wrong parts that they thought 
what made that trilogy good to make the yeah. prequel trilogy mm. which was just too slow and sluggish trade and then, embargoes you know yeah, let, let, let's take to... that out of the story because that would really work in a, a two-hour film it makes no yeah. sense because they was like oh maybe it's the story that people love so we'll have a long drawn-out story and then it's like no that's yeah. Maybe it's the action they like. So they then made three new ones, which were just action. It's like, no, it was the combination of both. It was the <laughs> characters and the heart and the action. Yeah. And it was really weird that they did that. They just went from one extreme to the other. I mean, mm. the three new ones were dreadful. I prefer Solo and Rogue One. But Rogue One was fantastic. Rogue One is awesome. I really enjoyed that film. I mean, you know what's going to happen to the characters at the end, but you're still gutted when it happens. You're still save them someone. (laughs) But that's an example of such a brave decision, isn't it? With that, that you're you're creating a film where literally everyone dies. You know, it's not apologies if you've not seen it, but like everyone (laughs) dies. And yeah, you did these. Well, not just that, and everyone but but they're doing yeah. it for such a good cause. Yeah, you know, you think this is going to change everything. But yeah, and even the that fact film. that you know they you know they die and you know they succeed, like yeah. you 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 know this, but you're still you're still questioning it, and you're, aren't you? At the end, yeah. and you're worried that it's not going to. It was it was really yeah. good, and really I, good. yeah, and they kept the. It really felt like the beginning, like you could watch yeah. that and then go straight into A New Hope and it felt like it the costumes the design yeah. yeah, even the way the characters talked like the actors talked and held themselves they held themselves like people from the 70s it was really <laughs> clever I don't know how they did that <laughs> Good point. and then they created Ray and ruined everything and they <laughs> the bestest at everything I did enjoy the first film but the problem with I had is that she beat Kylo Ren in the first film yeah. But mm. then there's nowhere to go. He's not a threat anymore because you're mm, then yeah. going to give her training. Well, then she's just going to beat him quicker. Yeah. And then you're going to give her more training and then she's just going to beat him even quicker. <laughs> was, 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 it, was it just me as well? I think I said this to you, Max. We saw it together. But once um, Adam Driver took his helmet off, mm. all kind of any sort of, oh, God, he, he's quite scary. No, no, he's, he's not a, anymore. It's Adam Driver. Straight out the um, salon hair. And, and don't yeah. get me wrong, he was brilliant. But yeah. at the same time... It, it would just... have been more interesting to know what was going on under there because yeah. maybe mm. he's scarred. Maybe he's not. Maybe yeah. he's... Yeah, but yeah, that was a yeah. weird choice to have that great mm. design for the helmet, which was close to... Oh, so got, cool. But not... That's what I'm saying, yeah. You know, I remember... I remember seeing the traders and you know having that glimpse of him and and his lightsaber and things like that and thinking, wow, look at that! That is so cool. I if we're going to ridicule that. it, we, we, okay. sorry, I was just going to say it doesn't get worse than Darth Maul, does it? So I mean, it's not. <laughs> Jar Jar. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I've I've got two more questions. One from me and Matt, and the other one from another uh, of our followers. Um, this is this is one comic book related. So, have you ever considered making your own comic book? <laughs> I have a couple. <laughs> I have a couple of stories written down, and then I have like covers that I've drawn. Oh, what stopped you taking it to mm. that next sort of level? Then I can't draw. <laughs> mm, <it's> fair enough. <laughs> But you can get someone else to draw it. That's the thing. If you've got a good story, you can um, you can get someone. And else this is to this is what we this you? is what we've found actually with yeah. um, the secret protectors. My my mate Adam had this story in his head, and for like ten years he'd been working on this story, 
and all it was a matter of finding someone to do the art because he said otherwise it would just been stick men on the, on the page and now you know and lo and behold he found someone that had a chat with and, and went from there i mean it is mm. it's amazing what's possible really yeah mm. and especially now it's so much easier to get in contact with people mm. how about you I, phil i i think just in shane like for everyone who's ambitious to be a writer there's somebody just as ambitious to be the artist mm-hmm. they just haven't found each other yet i suppose so maybe they're, they're they are out yeah. there um it's funny because i actually text shane and the, the guys that i heard last week i had these concepts written down like from a few years ago like just like come out i haven't written a comic book but just here's a concept and I'm, i was reading the bag and i found a notepad and i was laughing at it and i sent it on to the boys and said what do you think of this and it's like yeah that is a bit daft i would love to be able to write or draw but to actually create a comic book it's, it's a dream i suppose but mm. it's not a dream i'm never gonna fulfill because i can't do either or mm. writing or drawing i definitely need a, a writer and an artist i'm more the ideas guy like i can yeah. walk you through an entire universe i can tell you exactly yeah. what i want the story to be but i'm going to need you to fill in the gaps and yeah. Yeah. do all the text for me and, and the dialogue i'll just give you the world you just work the rest yeah. i think that's my weakness there I'm sure that exists as well. I'm sure there are plenty of other like stories that have, you know, started in that G- way. Of George George Lucas, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Put a, word. Put a word in. <laughs> um, okay, last question from one of our followers: Who is your favourite nerd herd co-host, and why is it Scott? <laughs> <laughs> That's I wonder, I wonder from, who that's from. <laughs> mm. uh, he signed it off, love Scott. So um, there's a lot of love. But it's Scott because he's got the best speaking voice. He's got like the perfect voice for ASMR, isn't he? Like you could just fall asleep <laughs> to that voice. <laughs> she, she does most nights. He falls asleep, doesn't <laughs> Scott? Um, my my favourite's myself, if I'm being brutally honest. I, I do have a bit of an ego. The, the, these guys will uh, be testament to that. I do love myself a little bit too much and i like to in think public mostly there's, <laughs> nothing, there's nothing wrong with that well loving yourself in pr- public there's, yeah. there's laws <laughs> isn't there it's against fine. that sort of thing but, but no it's all it's all around a joke and that, that that's the thing like the, the four of us we all kind of love each other i know dean's left now and that's why at the minute we're kind of it's not, not apprehensive but it might not be the same it may become something different but hmm. the four of us worked really well and we all really enjoyed it and we all love each other awesome well, where can our listeners and our viewers find you? You're good at that, Shane. <laughs> find us every Wednesday at 9.30, live on YouTube at the Dirt Herd Comic Book Club and on all podcast providers, actually. Yeah, so whichever one's your favourite, if you just search the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club, you'll find us and you can listen there. Or you can join us live on a Wednesday and join in in the chat and tell us what you thought of the book. Or just say hello if you haven't read the book. That's fine too. You don't have to read the book. Don't worry. It's not like school. <laughs> we won't mark you down if you haven't read. Just come and say hello. It's fine. Awesome. Well, we will put the links uh, to your show um, in the description below. Um, but for now, Shane, Phil, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks very much. Us. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Don't forget, if you did enjoy it, please um, like, subscribe on whatever platform you're watching and listening on, because in that way you won't miss out on any future episodes we put out. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms as well. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
um, and uh, yeah give us a follow and uh, you'll be able to keep up to date with all the, the latest uh, episodes and posts that we um, put out there but thank you for uh, listening and watching and we'll see you next episode